Welcome to the Intersection of Faith and Culture, a PCM podcast where we talk about how to maneuver through today's hot topics while maintaining a grasp on our testimony and relationship with God. So welcome to the Intersection of Faith and Culture. I'm Ted and that's Katie. And uh, wow, it's August now when we're recording. Actually, it's in July when we're recording this for August. Katie, did you ever think all this COVID stuff would still be around? No, I didn't. This is unbelievable. But I do want to thank you for keeping things going here at J103. It is such a blessing to me to be here with you. And so for that, I'm really thankful. Yeah, for the first time she's back, she's got her mask and everything. And and the reason you're wearing a mask is, is you have some family members with some health issues. Yes. Um, I have a mother-in-law at home that has COPD. So I I've for the longest time I was very cautious mm-hmm. about that. Now she's not staying with us this month, so I'm a little little lax in that this month. But um, a lot of people have a lot of different thoughts on that, and we're going to talk about that here in a little bit too. But I wanted to pick Katie's mind now, being a mom. What are some of the major fires that moms are putting out these days? Ooh, well, I, you know, having an 18 year old, what's the next year going to look like? Oh, what yeah. happened to college? How's that going to go down? Having a 16 year old, are we going forward with the driver's test or not? Like, yeah. there's so many things that are up in the air right now, and and I hate watching the news. So I'm right. like, I'm like, am I really that informed? I've got other things to do right now. <laughs> sure. Okay, let's talk about the graduate, the one that just graduated mm-hmm. high school. You homeschooled them. Mm-hmm. Did you all have the graduation? Was it safe to have it well, at home? He, he, act, this is going to sound weird. He actually graduated a couple years ago. Oh, there you go. So we, we're like, oh, well, I mean, he just turned 18, but what does this next year look like? And when we imagined what 2020 was going to look like, it was not this. Yeah. <laughs> right? So we're still processing that and going, okay, well, uh, I'm learning how to work from home. Sure. How can I help prepare my, my sons to also work from home going forward? Because we don't know what the future holds. So when you and Brian, when your son graduated two years ago, mm-hmm. what did you think your son would be doing right now in oh, 2020? Oh, my goodness. Um, well, at the time, he was working for Chick-fil-A. And um, he decided to do that full time. And then he already knew that he was going to save his money and invest. (laughs) So that's what he's done. Smart man. (laughs) So he's just monitoring that, you know, and living his best 18 year old life. (laughs) And then you have a 16 year old, right? right, That's debating driving. Right. I'm amazed. I don't know how you were, Katie, when you were growing up, mm-hmm. but when in Louisville, Kentucky, where I grew up, you got your permit on your 16th birthday or mm-hmm. thereafter, mm-hmm. and you had 30 days to practice, and then you went back and took your driver's test. Mm-hmm. I like the way people, the way they do it here in Georgia and Tennessee a whole lot better, where you can get your permit at 15, mm-hmm. and then you have a whole year, and then you go back and take your license. Mm-hmm. But for me and most of my friends, Boy, the day you were 16, mm-hmm. you were getting your permit and you were starting to drive and all of that. The thought of having to wait would drive you crazy. Mm-hmm. But there's so many students these days I've here. I know parents whose students are like, yeah, they're 18 years old. And they don't have their driver's mm-hmm. license yet and they don't mm-hmm. care. Mm-hmm. I don't understand that. Yeah, it's it's amazing to me. Like, um, I and, and I think this, you know, my mom was pointing out that there's 20 years between my mom and my husband and life was so different for both yeah. of them growing up. And then 20 years between, you know, my son and now. So it's, I mean, he's 18. So just about 20 years. The world has changed so much and it changes so quickly. So like what was normal for you and I about getting driver's licenses is not for sure. our kids or my kids. It's really interesting. <laughs> 
How many times did it take you to take your driver's test? Oh, I took it once. Really? Yeah. Passed on the first oh, time? Oh, yeah. First time. Yeah, I Couldn't too. wait to drive. I, I was too. like you, yeah. The permit test, when I took the permit test, I think you could, if I remember correctly, you could miss five, mm-hmm. and I missed like the first three. Yeah. I was panicking. I mean, the you know, I was breaking out like, oh my gosh, I've already missed three. I'm going to flunk this, and everybody's going to make fun of me and all that, but then I got the rest of them right. How'd you do on your driver's test? Um, did so well that I decided to make it a career, so I was a driver for uh, Covenant Transport. Get at it. I never knew you were a truck driver. Yeah. So my husband left seminary studying Greek and Hebrew, and I left uh, broadcasting college and, and uh, became a truck driver. Because what else are you going to do when you have student loans? You know? Oh, my <laughs> goodness. That's a whole nother topic right there. So we're very alternative in our approach to life. Yeah. Big mama truck driver over here. <laughs> what was that life like for you? I mean, what oh, kind of gosh. a transition was that from, from radio to driving a truck? I know somebody else, Mike Lee, but Mike looks more the truck driver type mm-hmm. than you do. <laughs> Well, right, exactly. So, um, you know, I had gone to Belmont, studied journalism, uh, transferred to San Diego because my uh, then boyfriend, now husband, was going to seminary at Westminster. And um, and so we were, you know, fully in the throes of school, but um, we were huge Dave Ramsey fans, still are. And he's like, I really don't want us to start with debt. So anyway, we became truck drivers. And honestly, Ted, this is this is how I'm like, oh, I just love Brian. You know, that's my husband. So, um, so, and he could he could talk me into anything, literally. <laughs> so he did. He talked me into becoming a truck driver. He's like, I saw this. On so y'all Oprah. team drove. So we team drove. Okay, Sorry, all, I'm getting awesome. back to your point. I promise. Um, I know our listeners are like, wow, she really takes a long way around. Yes, I do. Truck drivers usually do. Um, <laughs> right? They always have a lot to say. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I had never been to a truck stop until we were hired and uh, we had a four day honeymoon, which was a a big disappointment. It was only four days. And then um, I had a breakdown during our honeymoon where I said, how do we get married? How do we decide this? In tears called the pastor, said, please don't send in the license. It was terrible. And then, you know, a couple days later now we I didn't know this, but we had a trainer that was assigned to us by mm-hmm. our company. He lived in the cab of the truck with us for the first six, 12 weeks we were married. Wow. 12 weeks. Ted. So you had a third wheel. Uh, it was literally. It, he it was a Green Beret in uh, in Vietnam. And so he was like, you've got to mash it. Like our first night driving from one side of the coast to the other, there was a flood in St. Louis and people died that night. Like I saw the newspaper the next day and I, was, I remember crying through that. Like, we are going to die. We are on the road. We're going 70 miles an hour in a huge truck and we are going to die. And we didn't. Thankfully, sure. we had really good training. But, um, but you know, that was very hard for me because, as you can imagine, I love to talk to people. And my husband slept while I drove. Yeah. And I slept when he drove. I started calling everybody that I'd ever offended and like, I'm so sorry. Like, <laughs> seriously, seriously. Like, anybody, like, the Lord was like, okay, you need to call this one and this one. I'm like, okay, okay. I'm sorry I was a jerk to you in seventh grade. Like, wow. oh, yeah. It was intense. And That's intense. Incredible. We did listen to a ton of audiobooks, though. Yeah. And I was like, I've never studied American history before. And so, <laughs> which is embarrassing to admit, but like, I was like, wow, there's all these presidents I knew nothing about. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah. That's pretty awesome. My fun. wife and I have talked about that every time, what it would be Don't like to it. drive a truck. Yeah, we've, we've talked <laughs> ourselves out of that, but we thought, you know, right. just to be together like that, to drive all over the country and everything. Right, so, right. so, so for our see. sons, to bring it back, yeah. our, to, so for our sons not to have 
their driver's licenses were like hmm, that's really interesting yeah that's weird I, I don't understand the students today and i'm fine with that you know they i guess the the underlying topic that we're going to get to on this theme that we're going to get to for this whole podcast episode this time is kind of how you can do you katie and i can do me yeah. And we're not judging each other if we have differing opinions. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of evolves or ro- rolls back into every one of the episodes we've done so mm-hmm. far mm-hmm. is that if there's something that God convicts me of but doesn't convict you of that, should I judge you because mm-hmm. that? Because mm-hmm. I have a different conviction than you do. Mm-hmm. And so far, the I feel like our answer has been no. Mm-hmm. You have to do what God convicts you to do, mm-hmm. and and uh, and you and me, me, me. Mm-hmm. All right. So, what other fires are our parents putting out currently? Do you think? Oh man. Well, I th- moms. Just you know, we were talking right before we hit record about fear and underlying yeah. fears and how fear is driving our decision making, sure. and that's always been true, but now it's just like super heightened. And so, um, you know, do you send the child back to school or not? Do you send them back and demand that they wear a mask or not? Do you send them back? Do you do homeschool? What is that going to look like? You know, there's so many different types. And um, what I keep hearing from my friends is they don't want to homeschool. That's not their thing. They didn't sign up for that. They don't want to do that. How do you do that? So I'm trying to solve those problems on the side for them. But um, but it's really interesting. Like I have a lot of empathy for people right now. I think getting back to self-care is going to be the way that we survive this well. And I think it is possible to survive this well. So yeah. that's the good news. There was a mom I saw on Facebook the other day, and she commented how much she loves uh, Catoosa County School Superintendent Dina Reese. And Dina's mm. awesome. I, I know her, too. She's wonderful. And this mom had actually written a letter, an email, letter these days, who knows, letter or email, to Miss Reese, and Miss Reese actually responded mm. to her talking about school. And the mom was saying how much that her daughters need to go back to school. Mm-hmm. How they, you know, mm-hmm. that's a part. And Miss Reese come up comforting her and saying, "Mom, okay, we." The plan is to come back in August and, and to move forward there. We were talking, I looked at Hamilton County Schools and mm-hmm. they're planning as of right now to go back. In fact, when this is airing, it might be going on right now right. where uh, uh, kids are back in school unless this COVID outbreak gets worse and worse and it comes to a point where they feel like they can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, um, so, yeah, there's a lot of fear. And mm-hmm. there's some moms and dads are like, you know, I don't feel safe sending my kids back to school. Mm-hmm. What would you say that to one of your moms on your <laughs> Facebook page or your Facebook Live if they said that, Katie, I just don't know how I can send my kids back to school? Oh, man. Well, I mean, I have a lot of empathy for that if if that wasn't their plan. But now they're like, OK, you know, one of my children has asthma or, you know, something mm-hmm. like this. And the other kids might bring it home. There's so many risks and there's so much unknown. And we were settling on this before we, again, before we hit record, I was like, oh, we should be recording all of this. <laughs> but it really just comes back to like getting clear on what you're comfortable with, what's going to work and serve you and your family. And then as the mom of the family, especially, like how can you take care of yourself in such a way that is going to be a place where you have more to give to your family? Because you know already the emotions that are coming at you are overwhelming. That's not going to go away just because school starts. If anything, it's going to get more so. So, um, you know, reading people like uh, Sally Clarkson, she comes at parenting from this very restful place. Um, a place that's very much abiding with the Lord and that that is her source. That's how I approach home. That's how I approached homeschooling. And when, you know, when I was, we, our family helped start three different schools. And then we, my husband and I both went on to teach at a university. So 
how we do it is just, um, you know, what is your source? Going back to that and being aware of when you're tired. You know, we're doing this whole detox thing right now. And I'm like, oh, I had no idea I had been addicted to sugar and carbs and caffeine. And I'm still with caffeine. So it's like, it's really interesting to just be like, oh, huh. I wonder what's not working for me and how that's affecting other things. And that if I address that, will other things uh, lessen? And really, I have a story that's very vain to tell you about that if you want to hear it. Sure, go for it. <laughs> I got time. <laughs> okay, so this year I'm 41, and I noticed that the circles under my eyes were getting more and more and more. And I'm like, I don't like this one bit, right? Like, my grandmother was so beautiful, and, I, and she always looked great, and she died in her 90s, and I was like, man, she's just a beautiful woman. I want to be like that. Um, so what's wrong? And I shared this with one of my sons who researches all this health stuff. And um, anyway, long story short, he's like, it's your diet. I'm like, oh, you stinker. Get off my diet. <laughs> Don't tell me what to do. But he's right. I, so, you know, just taking ownership of that and this one little piece, Ted. So um, I've kind of done a deep dive on the importance of sleep and even just going to bed at 10 versus 11 or 12 that I didn't know this, but our whole digestive tract is on a clock. Yes. You know about this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What do you know about this? I know all about this. Intermittent what? fasting and stuff. Is that what you're going to go? No, go I'm not that? going to intermittent fasting. Okay. But I didn't know that like bile production affects your ability to digest things, which affects your ability to absorb nutrients. Mm -hmm. So if you don't go to bed on time, you're yes. literally shutting down your body's ability to heal and be restored from whatever good thing you eat whether it's good or not, like whatever you're eating, your body can't restore itself the same way. So um, I did an experiment and went to bed at 10 o'clock for like two weeks and the circle started to go away. Yeah. So I'm very proud of myself right now. Where do you think, I mean, when do you think <laughs> that m your body heals itself the most? Like you said, passes yeah. on the nutrients itself, yeah. cleans out your GI tract and all of that yeah. the most. It's when you sleep. Mm. And so if you're of those type people that cram it, you know, you can survive on very little sleep, yeah. that's not what's best. Right. There's a reason why yeah. forever scientists have said that the average person, mm -hmm. the best of them is for eight hours of sleep. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I get about five throughout the week, mm. Monday through Sunday night through Thursday night, I get about mm. five hours of sleep okay, on average. For you. And then on the weekends is when I kind of catch up. And there's no real catching up. Mm. You don't, you never catch up. Right. But it feels good to sleep in yeah. on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Although some experts will say, no, you need to stay on your regular schedule. But the longer, mm. like you said, eight, say over eight hours, mm -hmm. nine, ten hours, is you're kind of pushing. It's kind of doing a you know um, negative impact mm -hmm. on your body. Mm -hmm. But uh, mm -hmm. uh, you go from there. Self-help. You talked mm -hmm. about self-help mm -hmm. for moms. Mm-hmm. Sleep, obviously. What else? What, what's some other great ways to self-help for mom to help put out some of those fires? One of my favorite things that I'm learning this late in the game of parenting is that it's okay to tell my sons that I can't respond to what they're saying right now. Mm. Not in like a I don't care about you, shut up kind of way, but just in a right. you're coming at me with a whole lot of emotions and I need 30 seconds to process this. Sure. And I wish I had known to say that when my kids were younger because they had these enormous emotions and I felt responsible to control that. And now, you know, I'm like, oh, how well do I control my own emotions? Like, you know, if somebody's rude to me on the freeway, 
how well do I handle that? You know, and I'm like, oh, well, that goes back to how much sleep I had and if I'm eating right. You know what I right. mean? Am, right. I, am I prayed up? Have I worshiped the Lord today? I'm going to respond differently based on all those things. But I think it's so interesting that the Lord is like put us on this natural cycle and we get off of it. I know I we've talked about television before. I love watching TV late at night, but I've realized that my anxiety has gone down just by going to bed at 10. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, well, then. <gasps> Oh, we get to watch TV earlier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, at my bedtime is I try to get in bed every night by 10 mm-hmm. because I'm up at four the next morning. So early. And so uh, um, if I'm into 11 o'clock or whatever before I'm getting to bed or whatever, then it's kind of like my mind starts playing those games right before I go to bed. It's like, okay, great. Now I'm only getting four hours. Now I'm only getting three hours. Now I'm only getting, you know, I start playing those games mm-hmm. with my mind before I go to bed. What you said just reminded me of a, a parenting tweet I saw from a mom, a mom tweet. Mm-hmm. And she said, I just asked my eight-year-old to quit yelling. And he said, I'm not yelling. This is my voice. And all my life I've been whispering. Now I'm free. So, yeah, kids are zero to nothing for their, you know, zero to 90 really, really fast. So um, funny, funny, funny. All right. What uh, what about connecting with others? How how can moms connect with other moms Mm -hmm. in this day and age of Oh my goodness, we're not supposed to be mingling the tribes here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it's going to be person by person. And that's what I love. Like, I, you know, I went to Ikea yesterday and there was a, uh, they did a very good job of like measuring how many people are in the store at a time. And so there's this huge line of about 100 people. And I'm in the line with my mom and we both have our masks on. And then this couple gets in line and they're the only people out of a hundred that don't have masks on and honestly ted because of what i what no but because of what i've been seeing in the news i'm i was afraid for their i was i was afraid for their safety like how are the people around them going to respond to this are they going to get shamed are they going to get yelled at are they going to get pushed out of line like that's where my brain went and i mean that's why i don't i only try to watch the news like once a week because those images are so strong and then they they wire you you know that fear response we were talking about so sure. much so i was ugh. in Publix yesterday yeah and uh, my wife and i were and uh we were standing there and, and i'm a cut up and 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 a surprise surprise and uh <laughs> an older lady was just walking down the aisle the opposite way mm. and i didn't mean to i was talking amy was kind of doing something and i had to go back and get some cornstarch or something and she, she said uh, can you grab that for me and i said no i can't honey you know i don't want to go the wrong way down the aisle and she was going the wrong way down the aisle and so i walked past her and then it hit me oh my gosh i hope she didn't think i was talking about her and we ran in the corner i looked at amy i said did you see that older lady and she said yeah i said I didn't offend her, did I? Like that? She's oh. like, no, I don't think she heard Jess. Okay, all right, good, 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 good. But you know, people going the wrong way oh. in the aisles and not wearing masks, right. and those, or you'll see people wearing masks and going down the wrong yeah. way down the aisle. It's like you know, it's so, it's so confusing. And, and yeah. again, the type of person I am, I don't want to offend anybody. Mm-hmm, at all so mm-hmm. i know um, you're a sweetheart you know, i got I worried for you for a, mon- a minute there <laughs> um yeah but like yeah if i i know like the, when when COVID first started i remember very carefully choosing the time of day that i went to the store sure and um if anybody walked within three feet of me i would literally turn and face away from them yeah whatever that was have you ever visited prevent- a jail 
I haven't. When no. you walk down the hallways of a jail, like I've got friends who are sheriffs, mm-hmm. and they'll give us tours and that type mm-hmm. thing. And Trevor and I, one of our sons, went on a tour one day before Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. a couple several years ago. And we were walking down the aisle, and when you come across one of the inmates or one of the people that are incarcerated there, they automatically turn and face the wall. That's what they're taught and trained to do. When oh you're walking, when the guest is walking down the hallway, so there. this so, is a whole so other made me thing, think of right? When you said that. Okay, so we didn't talk about this, but like the whole idea of covering your face—that mm-hmm. that's becoming like a normal thing in our culture. Yeah. Um, and then there's like all these other offshoots of that people are going to have anxiety attacks after this podcast. But um, that's not where I wanted to go. But it—it's just like, ooh, we really need to be. Okay, I'll—I'm responsible for my choices. I know why I'm choosing what I'm choosing. Um, how can I mitigate the risks involved? Um, you know, I love going back to this list, the treasures of my soul. This is from Dr. Henry Cloud, which I, okay. he's my favorite. He wrote the Boundaries series of books. The workbooks are really where the magic is, but if you get the book, it's good too. Um, treasures of my soul. So like I'm responsible for my, and if you don't mind, I'll read this. Go is that for okay? it. Yeah, go for it. Okay. I'm responsible for my thoughts, my feelings, my attitudes, my beliefs, my choices, my behaviors, my values, my limits, my talents, my desires, and who or what I love and trust. And, um, you know, Dr. Cloud, who is a Christian, would say, these are the things that you're going to answer to Jesus for. Also, you're not answering to Jesus for ever, anyone else's stuff. Right. right. So, really, I love that because I feel like it gives me a lot of freedom to just focus on these things for myself and to be a life giver and keep it positive as much as I can. And, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, I'm not positive. Like, I did. I said something to my husband the other day. I was like, wow, that was, like, down and dirty, not nice. And so <laughs> you never have that mistake, I'm sure. Oh, you gosh. never, never make a blunder. Shoot. But, um, but I did, and I was just like, ooh, that was ugly. And then, you know, but that's why the gospel is so powerful. That's why loving Jesus is such a gift, because his mercies are new every morning. So, like, even though we're trying to, like, manage all this stuff, right, show up and be the best moms we can – and that really should be our goal is how can we show up 100% and then to realize like apart from the grace and the mercy of Christ and operating from his well that doesn't run out, we can't do it. That's true. Hey, can I share with you my journey through COVID, Please how this do. has all gone through here in a minute? We're going to do that. Let me remind you, though, as maybe you are cooped up at home or trying to find uh, places when you're not around the radio, like you're listening to this podcast now. Another option, if you like music, is J Radio. JRadio.com. Right now, you can go there and you can become a subscriber or you can get it free if you'd like to, too. There's a free version as well. But it's nonstop Christian music, positive, encouraging music um, without talk, if you want you can actually turn off and on the djs on some of the playlists Um, but it's all there for you and it's a great way to get that positive music and never have to worry about what your kids are listening to it's jradio.com all right katie when when covid started back in march um we were here i was we were in the last day of our spring shareathon on the radio and all of a sudden everything started closing down disney world closed down the nba closed down march madness closed down everything you know started closing down and i was really i was shocked because i'd never seen anything like none of us had ever seen really anything like this before and uh, um i remember being one of the the quote unquote 
if they said you have to do this, you have to do this. Right. You just have to do that. And uh, the way they were reporting, the numbers are going right. up. And I was the numbers are going up. You know, I'm buying everything that I'm hearing right. on all the media. Um, I remember seeing videos of these uh, college students down at spring break. And they're talking about, oh, if I get the COVID, I get the COVID. I'll just take my chances. You know, that kind of stuff. And I remember judging them so bad, mm-hmm. sitting here thinking, what a bunch of idiots. You know, that's mm-hmm. what I remember thinking. Mm-hmm. That, you know, they're probably going to get COVID now. Mm-hmm. You know, probably serve them right. You know, all, mm-hmm. those, this, all those negative thoughts mm-hmm. I was thinking. Mm-hmm. But then as it wore on and kept on going, and then you have all these other theories coming out, mm-hmm. and you've got the – you saw where all of a sudden this virus, it split – and I think the mm-hmm. most damage that this virus has done is to the unity of our country. Mm-hmm. Because right now, you've definitely, there's definitely three sides. Mm-hmm. There's the, the, oh, everything still needs to be shut down and watch the numbers, every single one of them going up. You need to close down. You need to have masks everywhere you go and all that. And you have the other extreme. They're like, we need to open up everything. And you all just need to get over this. And, mm-hmm. and the numbers, what's different in those numbers and the flu numbers last year and all right. this stuff. And um, and then you got the people that are kind of in the middle. Mm-hmm. They're kind of back and forth and, and not sure where. And I think I've gone from the – from the far the far left, I guess you'd say, of, oh my gosh, we need to follow all these things. Everything just shut down. I remember talking to, making fun of some of my neighbors for leaving the neighborhood. And I remember making fun of one of our neighbors whose their son's girlfriend would come mm-hmm. over there every day mm-hmm. once schools got out and all that. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, look at them. I can't believe them. They're not, you know, all this mm-hmm. stuff. And, mm-hmm. and then I swung all the way to the other side <laughs> where it's like, this is a bunch of junk. We need to open up everything and get back to normal. No, I'm not wearing a mask and all of that. To now I've kind of landed somewhere in the middle to where I believe it's a true uh, – it, it's definitely – and there's thousands of people have died mm-hmm. because of it. Thousands of people have, have gotten sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've known a couple personal – a couple steps removed from me that, uh, that have had it and have been really, really sick for a long time and was really iffy if they were going to make it or not. Mm-hmm. Thank God they've, they've, gotten, they've gotten healed and, and they're working their way back. But, uh, but I'm kind of in the middle there. And uh, – and I look at the the pendulum swing of my emotions through that whole process mm. and my mindset and everything. And even with planning J-Fest, our big music festival, and the ups and downs of that, I posted on Facebook recently how, to me, if you go to my fa- the Facebook page there at J103 and you watch the roller coaster, the beast from the front seat, that's exactly how it felt like being a festival mm. director for our music festival. Mm. As of right now, we're gung-ho towards that uh, we're going to be making a decision here in the next couple of days which by the time this podcast airs we'll have already made that decision whether we can have it or not have it um, but uh, I've learned I think through the whole thing I've learned this and that is you've got to do you mm-hmm. I've got to do me I've got family members who have been quarantined since the middle of March would not just just recently they had to go out because their work told them mandatory they had to come back to work but they were still in the house. My mother-in-law went to live with them for a month, and they had to leave, she had to leave all her stuff in the garage mm-hmm. for 48 hours while they did all this kind of stuff. They made her take a, a shower and wash her hair and put her pajamas on at 3 o'clock as soon as she got there. And you know what? It would be real easy for me to make fun of them and say, oh, my gosh, I thought they were Christians. How can they be so afraid, blah, blah, blah. But I had to get to the point where it's like, you know what? If that's what they have to do to keep themselves safe and feel safe, who am I to say anything different? Just like I wouldn't want them looking at me and saying, you rebel, you don't care about anybody. Look at you getting everybody in sick and infected or the chance mm-hmm. of doing that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's kind of how I've gone. How, how, how has your family dealt 
from well, March you're through reminding this whole thing. Me. Yeah, you're reminding me. Um, I, I really appreciate, you know, you sharing so candidly. I remember one night, um, one of my neighbors, um, it was obvious that she was having a party in the middle of a shutdown. And I just, you know, I was so tempted to just like grumble in my spirit. And I think eventually, you know, I don't know her that well. And I don't know the culture here that well. And, and I really, but I was, honestly, I was really worried. I was really worried. I'm like, you know, you're so close to me and it just seems like you don't care. And um, I should have brought it straight to her, but I didn't. I brought it to my other neighbor. Oh, gosh. And my other neighbor, you know, they've lived on the same street. They've known each other for at least at least a decade. And they said, well, actually, all those all those people that were over at her house, those are like her godsons and goddaughters and um, basically like her nieces and nephews. And they all work on farms. And so, mm. um, you know, that's a different situation. They probably haven't seen anyone. And so I, I went over and I talked to her. She is a nurse. She is a nurse. And so I'm like, just help me understand because I don't want to be mad at you, but I don't understand what you're doing. Right. And um, and she was very candid. And she said, no, they haven't seen anybody. And I'm extremely careful because I am a nurse and I do work, you know, with people in health. And. Um, I really appreciated that. And that for me, that was the end of it with her. And I'm so grateful it was because I hate that awkward, anxious sure. feeling, you know. And sure. um, and so I'm just like, you know, I have to gospel my own heart, you know, and just say like, okay, the Lord is my help. The Lord is my stronghold. Okay, so what do I need to do to be responsible for me? And But I got to tell you, Ted, it's the hardest thing in the world when the neighborhood kids are out and I can't, like, go give them hugs. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, I hate that. I hate that. Well, right now, like case in point today, uh, Katie has a mask on, which got here. Her husband, I understand, has some compromised health issues. Mm -hmm. And so that case, I would have walked around the desk. I would have given her the old sister, Christian sister, hot side side (laughs) hug and would have gone from there. But we can't do that. (laughs) You know, our church has gotten to the point I noticed where... uh, um, the uh, the youth pastor um, he actually gave me an elbow bump yesterday Aww. morning in church. Our pastor, senior pastor, he's still standing with his arms, his left arm holding onto his right arm mm-hmm. in front of him mm-hmm. because and it remind because I know why he's doing that. He's never admitted it, but I know why he's reminding himself he can't shake hands mm. because that's the type of person he is. He wants to be shaking hands and giving you a hug and all that, but he doesn't feel safe doing that. Or he may feel safe doing that. But he doesn't want to put anybody else, make anybody else uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's where I've gotten to here. Mm-hmm. If I'm in a grocery store or I'm somewhere and somebody comes in wearing a mask, I think I've gotten over the fact of saying, oh, you fearful person, I'm so sorry mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. Instead saying, I don't know their story. Mm-hmm. I, they may have pneumonia. I don't know. They may have somebody at home that has mm-hmm. pneumonia. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, so... God, you made me this way. You've given me this conviction. Mm-hmm. You've obviously given that conviction where they need to wear a mask. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, who am I to judge? Mm-hmm. I always make sure I walk down the right way down the, the aisle, though, in the grocery <laughs> store. You know, <laughs> to me, it's just it's, it's that's what they said. You know, if I want to go to Costco, mm-hmm. we did the other day because my wife had to have any phone. What are their rules? You got to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I put my love, God, love people mask on from Danny Goki and I walked into Costco, had three or four people say, I love your mask, you know, Aww. so it was a witness, you know, yeah. in a way I look at it there. I still say that the first person that can invent a transparent mask so we can see people's smiles and see their emotions and everything, mm-hmm. they're going to make a million dollars for sure. 
You got to get on that, Ted. I know. If I, if I was only scientific or, or creative or, or something like that, I guess I could do one out of saran wrap, but I don't know that would pass any of the health codes or anything. Listen, if you are a, a, a connoisseur of podcasts like this one here, and I'm surprised you've lasted this long with me, but uh, if you are, there's some others that we offer at Partners for Christian Media. For example, there is the uh, Work Tech fun podcast it's available where brett and jared and uh, deanna three of our co-workers here at j103 uh, once a week they put out a podcast that talks about newest in technology and things they're doing here at work at j103 there's another one called the Huffaday podcast where me and my buddy brad from the afternoon show imagine the two of us locked up in a studio for 20 or 30 minutes and just uh, opening up the microphone and letting us say whatever comes to mind that's basically what the Huffaday podcast is so if you need some time just to blow off steam and and uh, uh, kick back, there's a couple podcasts for you right there. All right, Katie, as we get close to, to closing this one down for uh, for us here, mm-hmm. I heard this term the other day, and uh, and I like this term. It's called the quarantine. <laughs> who is on your quarantine mm. through this whole thing? Who would you say? And this kind of goes back mm. to getting connected and the importance of moms connecting with other moms and other women. Who would you say was, has been on your quarantine? Oh, goodness. Well, I'm really blessed. I, I have the neighbor of all neighbors next door, uh, Kelly, and she is just amazing. She's just a team player, says it how she sees it, uh, loves her kids, loves her husband, loves God. Um, but it's very much about owning her own choices and stuff like that. So she's definitely on that team for me. Okay. Anybody else? Who oh, else? gosh. Um, I have quite a few. This has actually been a really sweet season of reconnecting with people for me. Um, I've heard from quite a few friends from high school. I mean, I yeah, there's a lot of people. I, I did a challenge for moms, actually, where it was like, okay, in the next 12 months, where do you want to be? Where do you want to be with your health, your wealth, your love, and your faith? Where do you want to be? And so those people that did that challenge have really become my ongoing team going forward, which is so beautiful because we moved here and then everything got shut down. So it was yeah. like, oh, man, that's, that's not going to work. But that's all online. So what is your plan? Let's hold you accountable. What's your your 12-month plan here? Ooh, well, I'm, you know, I've become a life coach this year and um, really I'm just narrowing it down and just, I've asked the Lord, like, okay, Lord, you know, I'm done homeschooling. What do you want me to do with my life? And it's gone back to this vision of uh, speaking, writing, and, and just encouraging moms. It's so much fun. So I've come up with this little tagline for myself. Have you seen this? No, I don't think so. (laughs) <laughs> so this is definitely a shout out to my personality, but it's the queen cheerleader of moms. The queen cheerleader yes. of moms. Yes. Okay. So imagine somebody who is all about just encouraging moms, lifting yeah. them up, saying you can do it. You got this. You are in a position of power and influence in your home and with your kids. If you're having a baby right now, I would just want to encourage you. That's a good thing, not a bad thing. And that God has called you for such a time as this to rise up and be the woman of God that he has called you to be. It's just a beautiful time to be alive. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't just say that to people. Yeah, <laughs> That's how I really feel. And that's that's the vision God has given me for this next year is just to reach more people, encourage more people, come alongside more people and help them step into the vision that God has for them. How many babies do you think are going to be named Corona? <laughs> oh, I hope not, Manny. Maybe faith, maybe yeah, hope, maybe yeah. joy. <laughs> not Corona, not Corona. But another funny parenting tweet that I saw. Not sure if I should be more concerned about the son who locked me out of the bedroom today, or the one who showed me how to pick the lock. <laughs> That's great. 
Pretty funny. Pretty funny. All right, then, cheerleader mom. How would you, uh, why would you encourage moms this week to put the rubber to the road here and to, to be applicable to take away something from this podcast? Mm. How would you encourage them? Why is it important for them to connect with some other moms? Ooh. Um, well, you're either being influenced or you are the influencer. And so um, I would just take a look at, you know, who who's in your circle right now and um, really thinking about the impact that they're having on you and also thinking about how you're showing up for them. And if you find that you're not showing up the way you want to, the great news is we have incredible hope in Christ. I mean, no other religion or philosophy has this resource, but we do. So dig deep in your faith this week. If you need help with that, you can reach out to someone here at J103 or reach out to me. I would love to encourage you in your faith. Yeah, and moms, we know how tough it is. In fact, I think of the the story of uh, Goldilocks and the Three Bears. I mean, think about it. Papa's bear, Papa Bear's porridge was what? It too was too hot. hot. <laughs> Baby's was perfect, but Mama Bear's was too cold. Too cold. So, <laughs> Mom, we know you sacrifice, and we know you give it your all, and we are so thankful for that. Uh, I've got an incredible mom. My wife was an incredible mom to our three. So, uh, so there you go. We've. Uh, I don't know how successfully we drove through this intersection uh, of faith and culture. Well, hey, I learned that, that Katie is a, was a truck driver. So the, what I've noticed, tell me if, if this is true. I had a friend of mine who was a truck driver, and I don't know if he was just pulling my leg or not, but when you're driving down the interstate and you want to change lanes, do they teach you, put your turn signal on, count to three, and go? Yeah. Do they really? Yeah, they really do. I've heard that. I've heard that before. So I feel a whole lot safer going through these intersections of faith and culture knowing that uh, Katie was a truck driver. We'll see you next time here on the intersection of faith and culture. God bless you. Hang in there. You're going to make it. Thanks for listening to the intersection of faith and culture, a PCM podcast.